Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A listener note. This podcast contains strong language and disturbing content. Cromwell Street has become a magnet for the sympathetic, the shocked and the downright curious. March 1994. The murder investigation at the home of Fred and Rose West has become an international sensation. People around the world are wondering what went on inside their home. Many mothers brought their children. I had to bring her to see what kind of world she's going to grow up into. And hopefully, you know, something will be done and there could be a stronger punishment and it won't happen to anybody else. Crowds line Cromwell Street, watching as the police carry human remains out of number 25. So I don't think it's a bit ghoulish to be coming along. It is, along. it is, really. it is, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just a matter of interest, <laughs> innit? It got the better of us. <laughs> For the public squeezed behind crowd barriers, the murders are a horrifying mystery. How could so many people have been killed in this small house and no one noticed. It's still giving up its grisly secrets, but already it's one of the most infamous addresses in Britain. But behind the scenes, witnesses were talking. People who saw and heard things. In this episode, we hear from those who stepped inside number 25. From something else, this is Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes. Episode 6, They'll Kill Me. I'm Howard Soons, the author of Fred and Rose. In 1972, Fred and Rose married and moved to 25 Cromwell Street in Gloucester, an address that became known as the House of Horrors. Fred and Rose were already killers. Fred committed his first known murder, that of Anna McFall, in 1967. A couple of years later, he got together with Rose, setting up home with her and three children, their baby Heather, and two kids from Fred's first marriage, Charmaine and Anna Marie. When Fred was away in prison, Rose killed Charmaine. Then after Fred's release, his first wife, Rena, became the third victim. No one reported any of them as missing. In their new home in Cromwell Street, the West family expanded. Heather was followed by a sister, May, and a brother named Steve. Between 1977 and 1983, Rose had one more child with Fred a boy named Barry, and four children with other men. They were Tara, Louise, Rosemary Jr. and Luciana. 
Despite the size of their family, the West began to take in lodgers in the 1970s to pay the household bills. One of these lodgers was a teenager named Jill Britt. 17 was a real key age, living independent. We were embracing our punk scene and wearing all sorts, so we were noticeable. Me and my friend would sort of find out where the latest live band was playing and try and get ourselves there one way or another, either hitchhiking, jumping trains. We heard from Jill in episode one. In 1978, she rented a room from Fred and Rose on the first floor of their house. She played her records loud, insulating herself from the Wests, who occupied rooms above and below. But she couldn't help hear things. Mums and dads shout from time to time. But when I heard the names that she would shout at the children, effing bitch, that would think, whoa, you know, she's a bit angry, isn't she? My mum would never address me at my worst using any of these words. So think, okay, we won't be going down to do washing today with Rose in that kind of mood. So there was a lot of her shouting, a lot of effing and being going on and calling the children effing bitches or effing... And, uh, yeah, and hitting them? Well, you'd hear it. You, you know, it was pretty obvious. You'd hear shouting out or she would be chasing him in some some way. It just sounded like that, that she was having a row with them and you could hear crying or, ow, or kind of get off, this kind of thing. But... Again, I'm 17. I'm not really interested in family life or what goes on. I've had all that at home, raising arguments, hence leaving. Did Fred ever carry on like that, screaming at the kids? Um, We never heard Fred's raised voice. Sometimes you'd look at Fred if you hear Rose and his eyes would go up in his head and my eyes would go in the end. We'd just walk away. So he was quite aware that she was shouting and moaning and swearing and using obscene language. Jill was shocked by the rough way that Rose treated her children, but she didn't really see anything untoward, nothing at least that she felt she could report. Until one day she did witness something. It involved Anna Marie, the eldest child. A warning. Some listeners may find the following material disturbing. Anne-Marie must have been about 13, and none of the children tended to be allowed in that part of the lodger's house. And I remember Anne-Marie, sort of, there was a little tap on my bedsit door, and she came in quite distressed. Is it on my bed, Anne? Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting myself ready to go out, you know. It was in the daytime, and I believe she was in a school uniform. Navy blue, white blouse... She was uh, saying, oh, look what they make me do, look what they've made me do. She'd mentioned Rose's name a few times. Because I would say, oh, sodder, when you're 16, love, you can leave home, go find your mum, and then that's all done and dusted. Because, of course, Rose wasn't her mum. No. She was her stepmum. That's right. Her real mum was Rena. Yes, and that's when I first heard the name Rini, because Anne-Marie made it clear to me that Rose was her stepmom, and it was pretty obvious with the age differences. Where did she think mum was? In Scotland, I believe. She didn't realise that she was, of course, dead. Oh, no. No. Oh, no, of course not. No. No. 
so she was sort of trapped in a like a nightmare of a with a wicked stepmother Absolutely. in this house being yeah. beaten what did you get the impression rose was doing to it well where these bruises were on Anne, she pulled down her blouse from the top where her, the lining of where her bra would be, and she had black bruises all below her bra line on her chest, on her breast. I did take it in my stride because you're very naive, but I do remember seeing how horrific these bruises were. Oh, put yourself away, Anne. It didn't comprehend in my head just how bad this was. Straight away, she made it quite clear that people were doing this to her. You know, in hindsight, yes, at 17, I would never have got my head around it. But as I've grown up and had children and life experience, I know that I know that those injuries there were inflicted in a very abusive way. You didn't cross your mind to go to the police at that stage? Um, maybe... Anne-Marie could have. There was no child line. There was... Uh, sort of child protection wasn't so so strict and human rights weren't so strict. A lot of things uh, were going on that nowadays could have quite easily been stopped. Because there's emergency child line now um, that children can phone up and ask for help, which there wasn't around at the time. You probably had social services, but vulnerable people weren't protected. Coming up, how vital warning signs were missed by the authorities. I speak to the man who led the inquiry. I know a lot of people, very bright, intelligent people, warm people, who said, I can't even bear to think about it. If you can't bear to think about it, if you come across an instance, you won't be able to bear to deal with it either. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I've been talking to people who experience life inside 25 Cromwell Street. Can they help us understand how the West crimes went undiscovered for so long? The West's eldest daughter, Anna Marie, was around 14 when she showed Jill Britt her bruises. A few years later, after Jill had moved out, she confided in someone else. Do this, aren't you? D-A-V-I-S. That's right, in English. Right. This is a tape of an interview I recorded with Chris Davis. You may remember him from our first episode. He's the one who gave Heather West survival advice when she wanted to run away. He was dating Heather's older sister, Anna Marie, at the time. Well, I, I wonder if you could just tell me, basically, I, I don't, just like, get this straight in my head, when, really, when you met Anna Marie, I believe you met Anna Marie, you met at school, did you not? I spoke to her first off, it was on the, when the CBs went for them crazy in this country. And it kind of hit it off from men. Uh, virtually moved straight in with each other. Chris got to know Anna Marie via the CB radio craze. Citizens Band or CB radios allow people to chat to each other over the airwaves. She wanted to get out there as soon as possible. But she knew if she came out there before she was 16, all they had to do was to call the police in, missing person, and she would be returned home. Anna Marie wanted to leave Cromwell Street But if she ran away before she was 16, she thought the police would just return her home. Because of how scared she was, she wouldn't have turned around and said anything about what was going on at home. She was too scared to tell the police. If the police had caught hold of her and returned her home, they'd have beat the shit out of her. What age was she when she left? Just before her 16th birthday. Right. But she was scared shitless that someone would happen to her on her 16th. Anna Marie left home just before her 16th birthday. She was terrified something would happen to her, but she didn't say what. Why? What did she think would happen? She never said. Why? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It seems that the Wests were frightened that once their children turned 16, they would leave home and tell the authorities what was going on. Anna Marie rented a room together with Chris above a pub in the centre of Gloucester. But money was tight and they were soon evicted. With nowhere else to go, they had to go back to Cromwell Street. We moved in. We didn't pay rent. No. In fact, we just played lived there, really. Uh, we got our own food. We didn't pay any rent. After years of suffering physical and sexual abuse at the hands of Fred and Rose, it's easy to imagine how difficult that decision must have been for Anna Marie. I didn't spend a lot of time there, neither did Anne. We got out when we could. We looked after the kids. 
Chris and Anna-Marie spent as little time as possible in the house, and Chris tried not to leave her with her parents. I never left Anna alone, she never left herself alone. Chris got to know the strange setup in Cromwell Street. Upstairs were rooms for Fred and Rose and the children, and Rose's special bedroom. And Rose's bedroom? So Rose's room she took her customers? Yeah. This was the room where Rose took men who paid her for sex. Four post of bed with netting, spotlights in the bloody corners of each corner, four-poster. Despite this unusual situation, there was a domestic routine. We had the kids, etc. as doorbell would go, she would answer it full stop. Um, probably disappear for God knows how long, and then come back out. Rose was usually busy with the kids, except when men called for her. She would then disappear into her room. Fred's uh, favourite topic is past life, sex, and whatever. Fred's favourite topics were sex and his past life. What did he say about his past life? But told me bits and pieces about Reenie. He used to live with Reenie up in uh, Scotland. He talked about living in Scotland with his first wife, Reenie, who was Anna Marie's mother. Did he explain where they were? Offer an explanation of where they were. We asked. We asked several times. Um, even got to the stage where Anna and I actually tried to find a way of contacting. Um, it would go so far, and then I would back off. Anna Marie considered trying to contact her mother, but worried that Reenie might reject her. She was scared that. Green would turn around and say, you chose to stay with your father, it's your bloody problem, fucking tough. And that's what she was scared of, rejection. Because, let's be honest, she'd been rejected in one sense and another all her bloody life. Chris and Anna Marie only stayed at Cromwell Street for a few weeks before getting a place of their own. But why didn't they go to the police with what they knew about Fred and Rose? She told me in basic confidence or, or whatever. Um, and because I am the type of person that I am, I'd have done something about it. She asked me not to. She asked you not to do anything about it? Yes. Yeah. She said, look, it's just for me and you and that's it. Anna-Marie had asked Chris not to do anything about what she had told him. If he could have persuaded Anna-Marie to speak to the police, they may have been able to put a stop to what was going on. Did you say to her, why didn't you do something about it? Don't you think you should tell someone, the police or somebody? Mm-hmm. We went up? through this conversation, God knows how many times. If I persuaded Anne or Anne had decided to do something about it when she had the chance, there might be a few people alive. But if you had, would they have enough evidence to fucking go? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I don't think anyone could blame you or even suggest that you should have well, done no, it. No, I'm just but I wonder if it went, if she, if, if it's something oh, she, yeah. she considered. Oh, yes, it went through her mind. They argued about her parents. One day, Chris said he'd had enough and was going to do something. But I do remember we did have an argument concerning her parents. And I said, that's it, I've had a bloody enough. I'm going to go and fucking do something. She said, because they've done Chris, because they killed you, and they killed me. Anna Marie said, for Christ's sake, don't, Chris. 
because they'll kill you and they'll kill me. Even though Fred and Rose managed to terrify their children into silence, it's still hard to understand how the West weren't caught by the authorities over so many years. After all, two children disappeared while in their care. How did social services miss what was happening? In 1994, Gloucestershire County Council ordered an official review into child care issues with the Wests, including the family's dealings with social services. John Fitzgerald led the inquiry. I talk with a lot of people who, once they find out what I do, they want to know a bit more about it. And they say, well, surely you could tell by looking at them. No. John Fitzgerald spent his working life in childcare. He has dealt with sexual abuse, torture and child trafficking. His job has forced him to confront terrible things. People who are abusers are like everybody else to look at. They don't walk around in dirty mats. They don't walk around with torture instruments in their hands. You, you have to understand that they're just like you or I. And what happens with people like the West is they know perfectly well that what they're doing is unacceptable to society as a whole. It isn't that they don't know. They know perfectly well. So what they do is work very, very hard at trying to cover up, to show the world a different face. The West came into contact with the authorities many times over the years, including doctors and people from social services, but they managed to fool professionals into thinking everything was all right at home. John found one example of a paediatrician making a visit to 25 Cromwell Street to check up on one of the children. And when she got to the house, um, she found some children were playing games, some children were playing musical instruments, some children were reading in different rooms, and it all looked very calm and happy and normal. And she went away assured. You can't blame that paediatrician. That's what was presented to her. But those children had been arranged in that situation and they knew perfectly well, those children, what they had to do. And they had to play their part in keeping quiet what was going on in that household and they did it very well. John Fitzgerald's report found 31 instances of West children being admitted to hospital or being taken to other care providers with alarming injuries and illnesses. One child was discovered to have gonorrhea. Another was brought to the local hospital's accident and emergency department, having been hit by Fred with a sledgehammer. Fred was doing some work, it is said, and somehow the hammer slipped because the child was moving around and he happened to accidentally hit the child on the hand. Um, I think the child was supposed to be helping Dad, wasn't he? Yes, that's, yeah, that, the that's the theory. The thing. The yeah. ch- nice story. Child's helping Dad. Yeah, Dad's he, working in the house yes. or the uh, garden. Yeah, and suddenly, you know, the hammer slips and he hits him on the hand. And so that's what's told to the hospital. The hospital would have been confronted by a very charming, a very affable father explaining what had happened with the child nodding in agreement. And the hospital accepted that explanation. Now, we have to remember that we're talking about a period when the linking up of hospital records and GP records 
was not as good as it is today and it isn't brilliant today, but at least I think we're in a better position. So that hospital may not have been aware that the previous incident, whatever it was, they'd gone to a different hospital and that was part of the plan. And if you live somewhere like Gloucester, you could do that. You'd go from one hospital to the other. So when you turned up at A&E, it might be the first time. After Charmaine West was murdered, Fred and Rose had to tell her school that the child wasn't coming back. School records gave her reason for absence as moved to London. This was simply what the school was told. But why did no one check? Back then, the responsibility for a school where Fred West came along and said that was to do nothing, unless the receiving school contacted them and asked for the records. Because that was the system. Immediately after the publication of our report, and all credit to them, the Department of Education brought in very fast new guidance, which said that in future, any child who is reported as having moved to relative, it is the responsibility of, of that school to get the details of where they're moving to. If for any reason... Nobody comes back at that point and says, yes, we've got them. Then the school that has lost the child then gives it to their own education authority who have to then pursue it until they find out where this child is. Now, that was a really significant piece of new planning which was brought in, which certainly made a lot of difference in um, tracking children. It's easy with hindsight to be critical of the authorities and people like Chris or Jill Britt but it's impossible to know if anything they might have said or done at the time would have led to Fred and Rose being called earlier. And looking, so 25 years later, Jill, when you look back, would you have done things differently now? How do you feel? Um, you've got to put yourself back as you were at 17. Naive. Yes, you thought you owned the world. You thought you knew everything. But actually, you were so, so vulnerable. And actually, you didn't know nothing. It was a very scary time. But I mean in relation to perhaps thinking maybe I should speak to the police about Anna Marie. No, I didn't, to be honest. No. And I don't feel no guilt. No, no. Or responsible for what happened. I'd like to think my memory has helped that now brought to light that Anne Marie does remember telling me and it can be proved as, yes, she at the time was being um, sexually abused or physically abused in, um, in a very dangerous way. Of course, Jill wasn't responsible for what happened at 25 Cromwell Street, but her story and those of the others helps explain how Fred and Rose got away with their crimes for so long. Anna-Marie made it out of Cromwell Street and she stayed in touch with Fred and Rose, when she married Chris in 1985, their wedding reception was at number 25. There's a picture of Fred toasting the bride. The couple later divorced, and in the 1990s, Anna Marie did speak to the police about what happened to her as a child. She ultimately gave evidence against her stepmother in court. She described how she was raped and abused by Fred and Rose from the age of eight, forced into sex with strangers and made pregnant by her father at 15. 
she didn't give birth to the child. Despite the appalling abuse she suffered, she said, I did love my father. I would have done anything for both Rosemary and my father. Fred and Rose abused children and committed murder early in their relationship, but after they moved to Cromwell Street, their criminal behaviour accelerated. They began to seek out young women and girls to abuse, including lodgers, runaways, and girls they picked up on the road, people who were unlucky to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Next time on Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes the story of one of those women who disappeared, Juanita Mott. Unheard, the Fred and Rose West tapes, was written and presented by Howard Soons. The producer was Paul Smith. The executive producer was Russell Finch. The mix engineer was Josh Gibbs. The title music was composed by Shani Aviram, with additional production from Steve Ackerman, Antonia Udunlami, Ben Maidley and Alice Lutchins. Unheard, the Fred and Rose West Tapes is a Something Else production. Also from Something Else. How did we get here? With Claudia Winkleman and Professor Tanya Byron. In these in-depth, one-on-one therapy sessions, we dig deep into personal stories with fascinating and emotional revelations. A passionate, insightful, and moving experience with clear outcomes to each episode. He is as anxious about attachment with you as you are with him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's a weird feeling. Wait, so... God, don't you just feel like, whoa, why didn't I know that all along? Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.